We are not heroes, nor are we villains. Neither kings nor magicians, but we can tell you their stories. We are the Lore Keepers, and we welcome you to Halloween. Welcome to Halume. You are listening to Lore Keepers, a lore-building podcast where we talk about eons of history, heroes and villains, and the forces that whirl about it all. I'm Frank. I'm Carter. And whether you're interested in stories or looking for inspiration in your own world-building, or perhaps you want to participate, we've got something for you. Uh, so this week, Carter, we're going to talk about uh, capital cities, um, but we're just one capital city. But before we get into that intriguing, salivating nug that I'm sure everybody is waiting on bated breath, we're gonna tease. So how are you doing? I am doing just fine. Just a little bit on the busy side, but things are slowly ramping down. No, go ahead. As I'm completing application. Mm. That's what's currently keeping you busy right now. Because I thought, like, I think last time we talked, you were saying that your, your, your semester was over. Yes, it just finished. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I turned to my last final. Are you back at your folks' place yet, or are you still uh, still on campus? I am in my folks' place. Gotcha. Okay. Well, all right, man. I mean, that's a long, what is that, like four-hour drive or something? Yeah, it's a four, four-twenty, somewhere around there. You all settled in yet? Yeah, yeah, I haven't really unpacked much, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's sometimes it's like one of those things where, especially, are you gonna be there for like a month? You got time to you got time to unpack. Yeah, yeah, I got plenty of time. Yeah, totally. How about yourself? Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, we're counting down the hours now until uh, till candle days and candle nights and the the time the time of the celebrations for happy holidays. Green, yes, holly and uh, and and mistletoe and those berries that if you eat them you die. I can't remember what they're called. Is that what mistletoe is? No, mistletoe is the, the, the leaves. I think there are lingonberries. also berries involved with mistletoe, maybe. Yes, there are, and it's not lingonberries. I don't know. I don't lingonberries know are, are excellent. They are great. Oh, yes, I quite had like a... From uh, Ikea, there's this excellent um, sparkling apple and lingonberry juice. Ooh, that, is my... that sounds good. It is very good. Yeah, I mean, definitely with my Scandinavian roots, like we we were exposed early and often to traditional lingonberry stuff on festive days. So, yeah, I mean, this this episode is catching the the listener what a week before the big day. Yeah. Um, by the way, we should probably do a Christmas episode. Yeah, I totally realized that. Like, you know, like what are the end of the year festivals? Bremen. I think we never talked about Bremen. We've never talked about Bremen. We haven't. It's sort of the pseudo or festag, pseudo eighth month. Wait, festag? What's that? Festag is the Warhammer fantasy equivalent of Christmas. You're kidding me. They I'm have not. a fantasy Christmas in yes. Warhammer. Festag. Like, look, look. Plenty of 
IPs are totally within their rights to have their own cheesy version of whatever Christmas is or festivities or whatever. But specifically Warhammer, there's something that seems really odd about having a Christmas like it's so ultra dark, you know. Like it's so it's grim dark. It's hard for me to picture. Like, a, yeah, but you have to also picture put up the holly. You know, the Chris. I can't believe it's Christmas, and everybody's like, you know, got that fifties feeling. The roots of Warhammer uh, fantasy are not only super grim dark, but also like super Very over Catholic. The top. Oh, yes. So wait, what do they do for Festag? Now, see, now you got me on a little bit. I'm just curious. It's just, just very short. Like, what, what is it? Like a blood holiday? Do you like murder people or something and then sprinkle their blood over, I don't know, a tree and Frank, then light the tree on fire? Frank, I don't know enough about Warhammer to talk about it. What they do at Festag. I just know it's called Festag. Okay, I need to look this up. I'm looking this up. F-E-S-T-A-G. Okay, Festag. Is this Warhammer 40K or Warhammer Fantasy. Warhammer? Okay. 40K definitely does not have Christmas. Well, and that's what I was wondering. That's what I was curious about is, like, if they had one. Like, I don't know. This is at least, like, then you can get the druids in and you can get, like, a Christmassy spirit. All I'm seeing is stuff for the total war. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to look this up some other time. 12 days of Festag. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, they're just like, yeah, it's just a Warhammer thing. Yep. So, I don't know. Is this actually something within their uh, real lore, or is that something for the Warhammer Total War games? It's it's in the Warhammer wiki, the Imperial Calendar, Troll F, Festa. Okay, see, now I need to look up Warhammer 40k Christmas. This is not helping me. I'm, I'm very confused. It might be a... It might be a day of the week? Like, just like every Wednesday is a Festag? No, it looks like it's the end of the week is holiday, which is Festag. Possibly. Okay. Page 29 of the Warhammer Fantasy 3rd Edition rulebook, Signs of Faith. Okay, I'm not getting anything here. Whatever. So, interesting. Well, we're definitely going to do our own version of Christmas. Uh, except it's not really called Christmas. It's uh, Bremen, also known as the Festival of Lights. But that's not this episode. Go listen to the next episode if you want to know about that. For this... Would that be the next? Yeah, that would be. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, for this episode, we are going to be talking about a capital city. So... Carter, we've never really done a city as part of the... I guess we've talked about cities like Oberiska and stuff, but we've never done it this way, have we? I mean, most of most of them have kind of been city-states. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Roark is kind of a city-state. Sure, yeah. And then the, the Meccas are kind of city-states. Yeah, that's actually true. I mean, Yamdala definitely is small enough that it would be... I mean, it's pretty much just one major city. And the same is true for the first Mecca, which is uh, Ingolan. If you want to check those out, you can check the uh, the episode reference uh, in the details. We'll have, like, I mean, we just name-dropped a bunch of references, so we're not going to, I'm not going to say all those now, but you can check those out in the um, the, the podcast description. Um, but for today, um, so what we're doing is, is we're basically just using, it's been a while since we talked about any of the countries, and we're basically using the country's uh, roll table or as a roll table to determine, based on the description of the country, what would the capital city look like? Yep. So, so should we roll? Yeah. I figure, I, I mean, I guess we should roll. Uh, do you have a D52? Uh, I don't, but I can go get one. <laughs> you want to go, you you go get one? Go for it. 
All right, if I go get one, I mean, like, go to roll 20 and roll. Yeah, roll a 52-sided die. Yep. I mean, I think you can basically just do Rand between on Google as well. I don't believe in such things. I've I've before rolled by telling Siri to pick a number between one number and another number. That's that's not properly random. 49? 49, okay. Uh, 49 is... Fahila. Okay. All right. So that's not tequila. No, and it's not fajita or no, it's sorry. It's Fijla. That's I am mispronouncing my own country very badly. (laughs) All right. Let me look up Fijla and 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 I'll and and let's. You just insulted everyone in fajita. Congratulations. So did you just now. Fijla. Okay. There is a saying. If a castaway could choose whether to shore on the idyllic Fijla or the fiery volcanoes of Silifar, they would be a fool to choose Fijla. The large island and its neighbors may appear to be a pristine, uh, to be pristine at first glance to traders, but to the inhabitants of the islands, it is anything but. For Fijla must be judged by time, not by the naked eye. Fijla is racked by the most vicious of tropical storms that the ocean mother has to offer. The very fact that a trader could see the island at all would suggest they are not in one of the myriad storms that crash into Fijla each month, as the winds and waves all but obscure the island from the outside world. The exception to this extreme danger are the aquatic elves who live below the waters in large coral-seeded communities. The island has remained elf-selective, tribes who cling to the land for a reason unknown to the nations to the north. Their long lives clash with the harsh environment, and any that live long enough to be considered wise are also considered fit to rule. Is that it? So that is Fijla. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Uh, I did not think we'd be doing an island nation for starters. But already, I mean, like, I think we have a really big diverted path here, and that is the question of, do you think that their capital city is on land or in one of these coral reefs coral reef 100 percent. i mean i think it kind of has to be right yep and looks like we're talking about elves uh, i know i mean lucky you this is an elf selective country it's one that pretty much like only elves cling to it and for a reason that's unknown to outsiders which i think we can kind of explore a little bit but before we decide 100 percent on a coral reef city what is the what is the alternative? Like, let's just throw a couple minutes at it and try and imagine, okay, so we have this crazy, stormy island. Like, what would a city that's on land even look like? I mean, because you're protected on some level by, like, the, the intense storms from underneath, you know, the currents are still impacting you and stuff. But, like, what would a city even look like on, in, like, on the island on the surface? That's the hard part, because if it's racked by severe tropical storms... I live in Florida, right? Hurricanes come by every now and then. Yeah. You can't dig down because it's an island. True, yeah. You can't really go anywhere. I mean... And you can't go up because it's a tropical storm. True. Although, just just to consider, I think that the, the island is probably semi-mountainous. I feel like most islands kind of are when they're big enough. And Fijla is definitely large enough to have mountains, but even so, that you're right, that doesn't get you away from the storm. You would have to be in, like, a really sequestered valley between two mountains. Hey, Carter, um, what happens to, like, uh, submerged places 
or submerged spaces, I guess, because we don't really have any proper, you know, like cities or anything underwater. What happens to that kind of space when there's a hurricane? Like, does the hurricane only interact with the surface of the water, or is it something that inter- interacts with, like, currents and things, too? I do believe it does interact with currents, okay. but I'm, I, this is my uneducated opinion. So, right, send us an email if you study yeah. the aquatic effect of hurricanes. Yeah, for um, those of you who are, you know, PhDs in meteorology, please probably just stop listening now honestly if this is your first episode because if it's not you already stopped listening to our terrible meteorology also right frank meteorology is about meteors and we're talking about hurricanes so oh wow hurricaneology come on i mean that's just a that's a mental facepalm right there i'm embarrassed for you bud i mean for me for me shame on me there you go so right I, what I imagine is that the um, it has much a much stronger effect on shallow areas, and the winds, will, you know, and the pelting rain will affect mm-hmm. areas on land. But I imagine it, deeper areas are less affected. Do, are there are there coral reefs around Florida? I know you have the Keys, but that's obviously not even close to the same thing. Um, not really. The reason why I ask is because I'm trying to think of if, uh, if coral reefs and uh, tropical storm activity are typically in even similar regions. Like when you have Australia and you have the Great Barrier Reef off of that, like, do you have tropical storms around there? I don't know if Australia gets tropical storms. I mean, I'm sure they do elsewhere. I'm just wondering if it's there on the Great Barrier Reef. Like, it's a big continent. Like, you know, I'm sure... It's actually the littlest continent, but that's still big. It's a continent. You know, I'm sure there's somewhere that gets, you know, regular hurricanes. Well, it would be a monsoon because that area of the world, they're called monsoons. Oh, I guess I thought that a monsoon was just, it was more like about heavy rainfall than it was about a hurricane. No, it's just where you are in the world, whether it's a monsoon or hurricane or a um, typhoon. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, because what I'm thinking of in terms of this island, Fijla... Uh, this entire area is is racked by incredibly powerful storms, like, um, but they they are nowhere worse than like Fijla. So like this area in general is also somewhat of a pirate haven, not necessarily Fijla itself, but I think that off of the island, like some of the smaller archipelagos and things in the surrounding area, there's like a lot of pirate activity. There's the um, uh, what did we call that nation? I think that um, it, basically getting back on track. I think that. The Tempest Code. Either A, their stuff is built underwater for the most part, mm-hmm. in like a very like deep set shelf that houses this reef. Mm-hmm. Uh, or B, uh, bullshit elf magic. And I think it's probably A. Like, what? this is actually kind of cool. I think what I'm picturing is an island that looks almost untouched by, you know, by Civilization. the yeah, there's almost no civilized structure. If there are, like, if, if a person washes up on shore there, they're going to see, like, rotted out timbers from, or, or like, petrified wooden remains from, like, 200 years ago or something. Like, and even those are, like, very few and far between, and usually they're, you know, they, they get destroyed off the island because if you try and build anything there, it's, I mean, it's get, it gets destroyed. But I think... I think maybe the currents underwater work sort of like the equivalent of like rich Amazonian soil in that they carry 
like tons of nutrients or something. And so there are these reefs that extend for like over a hundred miles, like from this centered, like on the epicenter of the island outwards. And they're just like this verdant garden of aqua life. Or we could just be like, listen, given the frequent storm activity, right? You we get you do get a lot of sediment and things like this that carry with it, you know, organic compounds. Mm-hmm. That, you know, sure, yeah. Access fertilizer, but also like it's a very, very warm area yes. because of all the yeah. storm activity. And I think that it's, it's on a shelf. So like I think that it's kind of shallow in the, in the area. So like there's nothing more than about a thousand feet down or maybe like seven or you know i don't even god i know so little about marine biology but like whatever is necessary for a reef like i think that it's that for a long distance around which is also why there's a tons of like a ton of ships and things that are like you know busted up on these reefs yes it like most people around just fear them so okay so we have this capital city um I know that, like, so some of the other islands around, uh, there's Depor, which is, um, it's like... Bordering on the rich. Okay. <laughs> Very funny. Um, actually, you know what? I, I guess it, I don't think it's actually necessary to look at the island nations, but I think, yeah, because, like, the nutrients are being carried from a bunch of different places in the world, and so it creates this, like, biodiverse, not soil, but, like, the sand or, I guess, you know, yeah, just whatever the sediment is. Um, and allows for lots and lots of different life, and like the life is very virile and um, resilient, uh, especially because it has to be because these storms constantly hit. Yeah, but there's also you know resilience and flexibility as well. Uh, yeah, yes, definitely. So yeah, I think it's like we, adaptation. I think we definitely see the capital city's built from this coral. Yeah, yeah, I kind of picture, like, when coral gets really old, maybe there's, this is a special type of coral that, like, I guess all coral gets to the point where it's as hard as stone, but I'm thinking, like, something where, like, this the, the, the coral itself has, like, sort of this sparkly kind of granite look to it, um, and it just, like, catches the light really beautifully, and I'm kind of wondering, so how close to the island itself do you think that this capital city is? I think that there's this... Uh really like deep cove Mm -hmm. in like very close to the island but it's like substantially Mm -hmm. deeper than the places around it and that is where the the city is yeah okay totally so then but then the thing is is with a cove like that i'm imagining and you know you can go full fantasy with it and say like this is like a quarter mile like looks like a hand scooped out you know a chunk of the cliffside and like you know it's just this massive open space um, but I'm kind of wondering if they don't need some, what do they call that, bioluminescence to keep the city lit? I think I think that's legit. I think there's bioluminescent stuff. Yeah. So now, okay, so this, all right, so let's, like, yeah, let's kind of get into one of the things, let's get into, like, the city layout for a second. Because having a city that is built underwater, I think, almost immediately changes the way that the city itself is built. In that it's now three-dimensional. Like, I mean, not that cities aren't three-dimensional, but, like, when you think about, you know, um, the circulation, you know, the infrastructure of a city, it's all 2D. It's all laid out in lines across the ground. But I kind of wonder if this isn't more like a web work because you have three dimensions to work with because you can move up, down, forward, and back, and left and right underwater. 
Yeah, but there's still gravity. Yes, but like, I mean, it's water. So like what real gravity is there in terms of you can build homes on top of homes on top of homes and it's not like you need like stairways to reach all of them. You just swim up to wherever your home is. Yes, but swimming is a lot of work, but I guess maybe for a sea elf it's less. So, Well, like, I mean, what's the alternative? Are they going to strap stones to their feet and walk around on the, the like the floor? Well, I mean, I don't know how seals work. Maybe they just can choose to go down. I, I yeah, I mean, I think of them like the Zora. I think of them as basically just they have fins. They maybe have some sort of uh, bladder like way of like increasing or decreasing pressure or something. Um, but I think that their lungs are filled with a liquid that is permeable to oxygen um but is not actually water like i don't think that they fill their lungs with water but i think it's something that has a similar buoyancy or like density to water uh, but it's like a naturally produced thing that their body releases so do they have gills uh this is well maybe or maybe they just have gills but like the reason why i say lungs like filled with water is because that's oftentimes a way that uh, people kind of solve the problem of like, you know, submerge. Like if we could go underwater, like we have this giant cavity of air in our chests and like that would. But yeah, maybe they just have gills. I don't know. I was trying to think of like. I mean, there are fish that breathe air and water. Well, yes. I mean, if you're talking about like mud skippers, but that's be- just because they fish. fill. S- don't they just like fill sacks full of water and then just respirate that when they're not like actually breathing water? Lungfish have lungs. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay, well, okay. Um, That's why they're called lungfish. All right, well, regardless of whether the elves have gills or... And I think we can definitely circle back to that one because that's actually a great question. Like, what, I mean, do you think that the city just looks like the kingdom of... Um, uh, what is the Little Mermaid? I mean, it's like Neptune's... Like Neptune, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever Neptune's kingdom is. Because I feel like that's just like... It's fantastical, but it also doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, you don't, again, you don't really need roads. Well, what I think of it is, I don't think they're roads. I think that instead of, right, cattle or carts, we have, like, big fish. Or, manta rays. like, big manatees or manta rays, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just totally, I feel like manta ray is the kind of creature that an aquatic elf would, like, surf, basically. Yeah, they're giant seahorses, come on. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, they definitely have giant seahorses, too. So... What about this? What if they use currents? What if they have a way of like magically enchanting the water so that like currents flow in certain directions and things? And so instead of streets, they have like these sort of highways where they just you just get into it and you just start shooting along. That sounds good. Okay. All right. So let's see. How about security? I mean, what are the kind of threats that a city like this might face? I mean, it's naturally protected given its location. Sure. Is it naturally protected in the way that uh, animals in barrier reefs typically are in that like they have a lot of like places to hide and they have like maybe creatures around them that like might uh, poison or electrocute or shock or like screw with something if it got too close? What I'm saying is simply that it's protected on, I'd say like three sides almost by the island, right? Because it's this very deep cove. That's inset into the island. Okay. So yeah. there's really only one entrance. Do they have like a big coral reef wall? Or can like can you just get into the city? Finding a hole or whatever, you know? It, it, 
a person on the outside, could they just swim up and over the wall? Um, I don't really, I don't know if there's a wall per se. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm thinking is like, I think that that might be a little silly because even if the wall extended above the water, eventually somebody could, I guess you could make it so tall that somebody couldn't climb over it or something, but that seems a little silly. I'm, I say this because I think that it might change the way that security works within the, within the city. Like, maybe they don't have a proper wall, but they have, like, a lot of secure points that people can get to or something like that. I think they use the currents. Mmm, like, maybe they have a current that's, like, enchanted to flow over uh, and past the city and push anything that would try and get close, like, away. Yes. Like, just, like, sort of an impelling force. I like that. That's cool. And... Oh, you could even do a thing where it's like a, a sort of labyrinthine where um, you have to know sort of like how to make your way through what are essentially invisible currents of water. Yes. Um, and if you like hit the wrong thing, you're just very quickly like swept up into a current that like pushes you back very quickly and you're just left on the outside of this uh, impossible to discern maze. Yes. I like that. That's cool. And I also think that they do have a shore guard. A shore guard. For, like, things in the uh, on the island proper? Yeah, I think because a, a way to get around, I think, the, the wall of current is to just get on the island from a different direction and just, right, go to where the city is and just dive in directly above it. Mm-hmm, true. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So okay, actually, a quick note: we should uh, we should actually recognize though that the aquatic elves are not the only elves of Fijla. Like the reason why I point them out is because there actually are tribal or like tribes of elves living on the island that are not aquatic. And I don't know that like that makes me really curious. Like, are they one nation even, or are they like? two people groups like have they reached some sort of agreement and like how are the people above i mean look people live on japan you know and people live on in florida you know those places get racked by constant storms all the time but people still figure out a way of living in those places so even if this shit is like five times as intense as those places i think that there are still ways for people to survive especially when there's sort of this culture of like you know the old rule because they're old enough to survive in the first place you know if an elf has a couple hundred years under their belt um then they're considered like incredibly capable as as a being and also like i mean this very much subverts typical elven culture i think they're encouraged to have children early and often because uh death is just such a common presence in their lives i think we get an interesting dualism between the kind of more civilized sea elves yeah and a more tribal like sea cave dwelling uh regular elves yeah yes i think that ultimately whoever is doing the living on fijla itself is maybe yeah you know they're probably they're probably hanging to the coasts or places where they can hide away you know surrounded by strong rock or something like that especially because yeah, basically i'm imagining like uh, the other side of the island as being like you know a, like a tall rocky cliffside that is like yeah honeycombed with caverns carved by the water 
very little vegetation, but the peoples of, of there have like learned how to like farm lichen or something like that. Um, in addition to fishing, I'm sure. I mean, well, if anything, they've, they also benefit from the biodiversity, but okay. But maybe not because here's actually a question. This could actually be a really cool chance to do an, like a cultural black and white here in that, like, what if for whatever, maybe ritualistic or religious or pseudo-spiritual, or maybe even like a command from something within the Avaril, uh, the elves of Fijla have basically been, uh, that like live on the land itself, have been commanded to never enter the water, to like never get wet. Like it, they don't actually even shower. Maybe they have a different way of getting clean or something like that. But I like this idea of like, like water is only for drinking. It's only to be consumed. I mean, it's certainly bold. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like anybody who's living on the island proper is, like, hardcore as shit. And, I mean, they're already living, like, this incredible... I'm kind of picturing, um... Oh, what are the, the people who live out in, like, barren areas in, uh... The Ale? Uh, of Wheel of Time? Yes, yes. I was thinking something, uh... Maybe it's not, like... Maybe we can shift it a little bit and be like, they worship the sea and everything in it. And so to eat, like, fish is deemed, like, heretical. Mmm, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely picturing, like, an insular people group that maybe are not very aware of the world beyond their island, and also, frankly, don't really care that much. Like, even if a person tries to tell them, like, hey, there's all this stuff that you're not miss or that you're missing or whatever, it's kind of, like, outside of their worldview, yeah. and it's like... What is like why like why? Why would I care whether the shore like you know the 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 sea ever ends? You know, why would I concern myself with the ocean mother ever like ceasing to exist? You know, all I see is like the destruction of like ships out there and the brilliant life that she brings here. And so maybe they even like see people on ships and things as like these enemies and stuff. Yeah, I I think that um I like the idea that they worship the ocean. And they don't consume things from it. Right. And I think bathing is okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, actually bathing would be seen as like a, <laughs> this is a funny that we'll, like, but um, bathing, it, sh it shows up a lot. And uh, <laughs> surprisingly more than I think I would expect in a world building podcast, but do wizards I, bathe? Do they? I mean, do they shower? I don't know. It's a, it seems like a waste of time to me, Carter. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't know what the reference to what episode that is, and I'm not going to be able to find it. It was a, it was a dank nug one time. Um, but no, I think, I think that, that there's probably actually a symbolism there of saying like, Hey, like this is us partaking in the divine. And it's like a ritual. Like you maybe don't bathe as often as you could otherwise, but it's seen as this, like, you know, it's literally cleansing. It is like, I am, I am edifying the self and this is not something to be taken lightly and like you know maybe they be bathe in like pure seawater they don't actually purify it, it for their throat you know maybe there's something about like if they're drinking water i wonder if there's like uh, something about you're almost taking the sanctity out of the water by by you know cleansing it or boiling it or you know turning it into something you can actually drink well i mean they don't need to right because it rains all the fucking time Oh, that's actually true. Good point. You know what? Yes. You know, and that is seen as the provision of the Ocean Mother, which, by the way, I mean, literally is a goddess. Like, Fenis Lil Tane 
Fenislil is one half of the god Fenisliltane, or like one like maybe face you could say, and she is literally the ocean Fenislil. So like, I mean, they have pretty good reason to worship her or at least revere her. And I think they see the CEOs as like angels. Yeah, or just even like these otherworldly beings of like oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean their business is not our business. You know, their 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 world is beyond their concerns and efforts are beyond. Like, what would happen if one of the aquatic elves, like, actually climbed up onto land and tried to talk to one of them? I mean, it would be, like, met with, like, the classic trope of, like, when the angel comes down and everyone just, like, immediately falls to their knees and doesn't look at the person. Like, oh, they're fawning and they're, like, you know, they don't even make eye contact. And So, I mean, I'm just totally picturing elven youths you know people like you know elves in their like 20s and on getting into trouble by like you know going getting up and out of the water and like you know turning a village into like their revered like you know i speak the decrees of fenisil or whatever i feel like they would get in huge trouble from from like the city for doing that though i'm thinking that there's some level of like we don't talk to them or whatever because they won't see reason or like you know it's extremely dangerous to just you could be really destructive of their society by doing this shit and really yeah, immature. Yeah, it's just kind of being a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like, you know, they, they respect us in their weird way, and so just don't, like, you know, go around dominating them because they respect us in this weird way, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, so kind of jumping back to, for a second to the coral cities, I think that's the cities and towns of Fijula. I don't think any of them are ever very large. Like, I mean, I think this capital city is probably like a a few thousand people and the definition, like probably maybe a little over 10,000, but not much more than that. I mean, remember, it's an elven city and elf, elves tend to be less popular. That's true. You know what? Even 10,000 seems like a high number. It's probably in the like mid thousands, like three to six thousand. Yeah, I, I would say I think like the elven capital of the world, right? The Probably the city that was... The capital of the um, Sanguine Empire is probably like 15,000 elves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think even that would be a little larger than that. Maybe twenty to 25,000. But I think there's also something about elves where they like they like space. They do. I want to say I think they like and, and they're able to afford it because they live so long that like, hell, if you have to make it with your own two hands, that'll only take 60 years. Make your own sort of homestead and give yourself the space to have and, you know, just because forests seem to be decentralized and stuff, and even, like, if you're going to be putting stuff up in trees, it's, you know, a, a tree can only support a dozen or so <laughs> elves living in its branches before uh, before you have to go and have a new dwelling somewhere else. Yes. So then, uh, yeah, I mean, I think definitely this is even more so true when you're talking about these oceans and these massive, massive coral reefs. I think that the cities are extremely spread out, and, like, this might be the only real large like conglomeration even that might be like chunk here chunk there uh you know and some like currents that connect large um hubs you know maybe uh, like six or seven hundred people live in this hub and then you know several hundred and they're sort of like somewhere between neighborhoods and districts in a city yes so okay what else i mean as far as like talking about these cities i think i imagine that other ones around the coasts would also be kind of similar 
you know, they would have these decentralized natures. Maybe there's only a few hundred elves living in any one community, and it might even be significantly smaller than that. Like, I think that two or three families, there are probably in, uh, entire groups of aquatic elves that are just like two families of elves. Do you think there's krakens involved? I don't know. I mean, I want to say yes, because I like epicness. Um, I think that with a storm this big anyways, you probably have Krakens involved. But I kind of wonder, like, what do you what do you think? are you thinking that there's something where, like, they have to fight off a Kraken every now and then? I was thinking, like, um, either A, there are Krakens nearby, and sometimes the storms might kick them up kick it up just like disturb it like just like oh shit i'm being pulled along by a current oh fuck i'm the size of a large train but i guess you know this storm's bigger than me either that or b there is like a kraken that is like hibernating in the capital it's like the city's built around it it's chilling there oh that'd be kind of cool let's see what do they have i mean they can do a lightning storm. That's kind of their big thing. Yeah. They also, uh, areas in a six-mile radius around them are under the effects identical to a control weather spell. There's, like, water elementals and things. So they definitely have, like, a presence. Um, I mean, they're considered a titan. Yeah, there could be a, like, a super kraken that makes this deep cove its home. That has been in hibernation for like a thousand years or whatever, or, you know, 10,000 years. And the storms are because of it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So interesting thing. Uh, a lot of the storms, a chunk of, st- so there is something known as Umberly's Eye. On, I, I will just have to change what that actually is because, you know, obviously Umberly doesn't exist in Halume. But, like, there was, like, basically an unending hurricane storm off of the northern coasts or southern coasts of the northern lands, you know, north of the islands um, for a long ass time um, that dissipates in, I want to say, around the five or the 740s of Avum Quintus. As far as these storms go, I don't mm, I think that do you I mean, do you think that a Kraken is is the is responsible for all this? Is that what you're saying? It could be a mega Kraken. I mean, I think at that point, I would say it might be more just a god than a kraken. Like, krakens are extremely powerful, and they're almost, like, demi... I mean, they're definitely as powerful as demigods, but I think we're talking, like, something even more significant than that. I'm talking about, like, you know, Krakus, father of krakens. Sure, Krakus. Krakass. So, uh, Krakass, the the kraken dad... Kraken dad. Kraken dad is in the center of, like, a giant... Kraken paw. ...pool... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. Krakens, sure. Maybe there's a Kraken in the middle of the city. Kraken dead. Or it could be Leviathan, but Leviathans are like elementals. Oh, are they? Yes, they're Gargantian elementals. They're basically giant water elementals. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. I don't really know any other giant water beasts besides Krakens and Leviathans. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's others. And that's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't want to just sort of reduce this down to, like, the easy ones. Gosh, I mean, what else is there? Okay, so I guess, like, I mean, one of the, like, I guess we haven't really even talked about what goes on in the city. Like, do they have imports and exports? I think they're very insular. They eat a ton of fish, I'm sure. They probably make jewelry out of the coral. And And fish bones. 
Yeah, like, I mean, what are their tools made out of? Fish bones? Fish coral. bones are not typically very strong. Probably coral. Coral, yeah. Okay, so they're using coral to, like, make their I think stuff. they, like, breed coral to be different, like, strengths and flexibilities and stuff. Okay, yeah, like, you could have, like, a farm of it. And well, you I mean, have to be as patient as an elf to do anything with that because coral takes so long to grow. Well, I mean, I also think they have, like, coral singers that, like, sing to the girl, coral and make it grow. Okay, yeah, no, that's actually kind of cool. And also, like, their calendar would look totally different. I don't think that they would have a calendar anywhere near the, the uh, Trapensian calendar of, like, the seven months and, and of Halime. You know, I, I think mean, they've, they... prob- they've probably got, like, the wet season, which is, like, 90% of the year. And then they have, like, that one month that doesn't have a storm. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, I mean, they probably have... So it's interesting, when when in underground, they measure things via wind tide, which a wind tide is about ten, uh, 10 days. And so e- there's four uh, divisions of a wind tide, in, like, uh, each uh, roughly about two and a half days long. Um, and basically, it's like when you have winds that are rising... Like, literally the winds that pass through the Underdark. Winds that are rising, winds at their uh, climate or climax, winds as they're falling, and winds at their lowest. So, like, when you have a near stillness and, like, when the wind is kind of coming off or rising. Uh, so, in, like, in a similar way to tides, um, the Moon Sisters affect, like, the winds of the Underdark. I think that there might be something similar to that going on in... I mean, I think the tides... Look, having three moons probably makes tides way more complex. Yeah, I, you I, just I, shot yourself in the foot with that one. Well, I can't. I think I'd just magic or hand wave that one and be like, I don't know. Tides are still somewhat regular because otherwise life is impossible or whatever. You said three tides instead of high tide and low tide. You've got high tide, low tide, mid tide, and west tide. And and brown tide and, and ice tide. Like, the thing, the problem with that, though, is, is because, like, tides uh like if you look at waveform theory type stuff like when you're pulling water like that you're you're not just creating three tides you're creating three times three tides i think that's nine and each one of those has a high mid and low but those high mid and lows might be happening at the same time that another one is rising or lowering so it's much more like just fucking gradients all over the place and it's confusing as shit and what do they what do you think they measure time by like obviously day and night like that's an easy one they do still see the sun I think maybe the change in what well, I feel like this place is pretty tropical. Mm-hmm. So oh, probably absolutely, not, probably not the change in temperature too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, it's the kind of storm. Maybe they have differences in the intensities of the storms and things as they like hit the island. That might be yeah. Like I mean, there's hurricane season, and you know, in the real world, maybe there's something similar where it's like there. It's always hurricane season, but sometimes it's like much much higher hurricane season. Or, like, here's proper hurricane season, then here's monsoon season, and then here's, I don't know, the month of calm. And every and that's, I think, the cool thing. is like, I, I want to, I, I like this idea that, like, Fijla has pristine, perfect weather for, like, 30 to 40 days, maybe 50 days of a year. And, like, every other day is absolute hell. But, like, for one month straight, it's just the most beautiful land in the world. Yep. Like crystal, just like white beaches, beautiful, like classic palm trees with, you know, halloumian coconuts. Which like if like you've got purple. 20 million followers on Instagram, you're vacationing there during that month. Yeah, that's a low ball. I don't know. Is 20 million a lot? I'm not on Instagram. It's like, you know, you gotta get at least a billion to be anybody. A, b- a billion? 
Hey, there's Are seven there billion even a billion people, people world, on mate. Instagram? If there's seven p- billion people in the world, there's probably at least one billion on Instagram. Okay, so Carter also isn't on Instagram, we've learned today. <laughs> this is true, I'm not. Oh, uh, shit, okay. I mean, all right, so manta rays for transportation. I'm sure they have, like, they probably... And giant seahorses, come on. Oh, and seahorses, yes. Giant. Right. Uh, giant seahorses. Uh, I'm sure they use... The aquatic life is a form of self-defense because that's always fun. You know, you get like the you tame a bunch of fish or dolphins or whatever. Fuck, I don't know. I mean, we just don't know anything about the sea. Yeah, honestly, I think that that's a limiter is like we have. Well, I have a little bit more of an excuse. You have a little bit less of an excuse. But even so, dude, like, man, that's that's that is uh. This is a this is a, a black hole in terms of my knowledge. I mean seaweed, uh they use it to tie things together. Why don't we do a little bonus? Like I feel like we did a fair amount of of that stuff. What if what about like as far as the cities on land or or these communities? So obviously like they're living we, we kinda talked about having this honeycomb stuff, which I like the idea of. Obviously <laughs> they the make people, bees, obviously. Yep, you yeah, know, definitely they're all flying giant bees. Um no uh but like they have yeah so like they've they've like ground out a huge chunk of this mountain and they just live and i think that they this culture of elves that lives on the con uh, the the island itself is like in stasis you know they're not growing but they're not shrinking in terms of their size do you think that they have like different tribes within it or do you think they're all one unified tribe consider that this is a space that's probably like four or five times the size of Roark. It doesn't have any of the te- like technology as infrastructure I think, there. I think it's one tribe that used to be many, but was unified during the Great Unification. Okay, all right, so there's a Great Unification. Maybe there's a word from Fenislil, like a prophet heard, like, hey, we should stop fighting each other and just worship Fenislil. I, yeah, I think it was like super old elf classic stuff where it's just like, you know, there was like a time of great of like the forever storm they all had to band together Mm, like for like 20 years or something there was just a non-stop storm it was just raining every day like they didn't you didn't get those months of like you know or that month of like beautiful weather yeah and so like some of the the caverns were like like the water level rose and like the caverns Mm -hmm. were flooded and stuff like this right oh that's interesting i I just realized for uh these people who collect like water from the sky for that one month of clear weather that it's probably actually considered a test by Fenislil. It is beautiful weather to sort of like provide them with the encouragement to like make it through the season, but it's considered a drought because for a month straight it doesn't rain, so they have to store up water during the other parts of the year. Yep. They have to like probably create cisterns and stuff and keep that water separate from like the water of the sea. Yeah. I still like crack and dead. Crack and crack and pop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do we want to finish this? Because I feel like we might have a shorter episode this week, and that's okay. It's it's the holidays. That's my argument. That's it. my excuse. What? I have a way to finish it. Yeah? I was I okay, yeah. What what what's your idea? Um the in in fifth edition, Tiger Dragons, mm-hmm. right? There is a kraken. Yes. It is amphibious, so it can breathe air. Okay. And it has a twenty foot movement speed on land. <laughs> That's pretty reasonable. That's almost as fast as like a halfling or something. Yeah. So just just so you know, it's entirely possible for the Kraken 
to just go maybe on it land just like lives it on to. land it could just go yeah it could just chill on land you, oh you know what hey i have a better one i have a better idea okay i think i, I know how to how, how to bring this all together all right do it the island itself dead kraken it's a dead kraken it's, it's a dead super kraken that was killed. I think maybe it was the adversary of Fenislil. and Because Fen- Fenislil actually is dead. Uh, that's the weird thing. Tane is alive, but Fenislil is dead. And Tane, Fenislil, or Fenislil, Tane are the same being. It's all confused. It's not, it's not meant to make sense. Uh, but Listen, I, it's, it's magical metaphysics. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but like, I think... So, like, Fenisil gave her life and became the ocean to provide people with sustenance. Like, that's that's part of the story that's told. I kind of wonder if there wasn't some giant battle with a super kraken, a kraken dad, and the kraken's body becomes Fijla, which, like, attracts storms to it. Like, the storms, I think, already happen, but, like, it draws them towards itself, and maybe eventually, after a certain number of like prophesied centuries like that will bring it back to life somehow like maybe it like harnesses the power of the storms or whatever the lightning yeah straight up like maybe you just strike lightning on the thing enough and it'll eventually come back to life but like this idea of you know the entire island itself is like 60 or 80 miles long and it's one giant kraken. And so, yes, there are, like, increased activity. But also because the coral's been feeding off of the body for, like, frickin' forever. And, like, a lot of it is petrified now because, I don't know, because magic krakens don't rot or whatever. I mean, it's in the salt sea. Magic yeah, you know, salt. yeah, it's been preserved. It's turned into, like, kraken jerky. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, so, like, chunks of the island, you know, if you were able to look at it from above, you could make out the, f- the shape of a massive, like, squid monster. I like it. It's very good. Yeah. And yeah. I, I want there to be krakens around, just like, they miss their dad, they're chilling. I think they are. I mean, I think that, like, krakens are probably, like, the weird brainchild of the nameless one or something like that. I mean, there's probably stories that say like squids and all like cephalopods and arthropods and things are all like weird mishmashes of natural life being slammed into aberrations or whatever. But yeah, cause the bottom I, of the sea is obviously the portal to the void. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird ass place. You know, there's plenty of stories where people are like, well, you can't reach it. You die and terrible, horrible things come out of there. And etc so yeah i'm sure that there's people who think that way so does the island move and does daddy kraken have a beak i think yes but very very slowly and yes for sure good because i am not a fan of this 5e krakens with no beaks business dude that's where the aquatic elves live the cove is the fucking beak of the kraken there we go. Fucking Holy shit. It's like five or six months. Because then you can make it really big because it's not a naturally occurring thing. You, can, you know, it's like six, seven miles across or something like that. It's this massive open maw that sort of like arcs over it. And, the you know, the sun like doesn't make it into the cove for like, you know, six hours of the daytime. And shit, dude, that's fucking crazy balls. Do you think anybody knows um, there's probably, like, the Elder Council of the, of the Aquatic Elves. Oh, here's another thing to tie in, yeah. So, like, those that are geriatric, that are super fucking old elves, 
I think that there's like a secret that they're given and that's the secret. Like they're passed on, but it's only after you reach a certain like year or a certain century, like only after the age of 600. So almost nobody knows this, but like it's at least shared with maybe three or four elves guaranteed. So at least somebody remembers this. It would disturb the public if they ever knew kind of thing. Yeah, and I do think that the um, the uh, Islander elves do have some idea of this. But, you know, it's all couched in their, like, crazy culture where it's like, you know, we are cursed, be upon the land, which is the enemy of the ocean. Yeah, yes. I think that it's probably been diluted through mytho- mythos for the last, like, several thousand years. And I think, because especially because I think that the difference in lifespan, the aquatic elves below, they're probably living to maybe not the full extent of their typical lifespan, but at least like several centuries, like, you know, four or five, 600 years. It's like not unreasonable for them to get to that age. But I think that the like elves on land, they don't live to be usually more than 150, 200. They have a lot more time to play telephone game throughout the centuries. You know, they, they, their average lifespan, I think is somewhere between 50 and 150, maybe 200. Yep. You're considered at the end of your life if you've, like, reached 130 years or something like that. Or, like, you know, that you have survived quite a, a bit and that you will likely continue to survive for another 60 or 70 years. Yeah. And I do think that there is an idea in the um, in the Islander culture where it's like when you can no longer, you know, when you start to feel yourself weakening, like, you you give yourself to the ocean. Yeah, I was going to say, you go literally just walk out into high tide or whatever. <laughs> you walk into like, the ocean. And, like, there's a like the next time that there's a monsoon or something and you, like, give yourself to Fenislil and say, like, I'm ready to be reclaimed. Yep. That's actually, okay, okay, little side note. That's actually really interesting because in Dumuldal, there is a culture uh, of peoples who literally uh, their interaction with Fenislil is that um, when it is time to die, they uh, it's they call it a return. They don't die; they return, as in they return to the ocean. Um, and so, like there are uh, these uh, catacombs that are basically just like long cliff sides that have been like hollowed out, and so one side is entirely exposed to the waters. Um, which, by the way, on that northern coast, a lot less tumultuous. Like they occasionally definitely have storms, but it's not nearly as bad their ashes are scattered from a specific point on the uh, on the ocean. And then what is left, like a small remnant of uh, the ashes are left in sort of like a, a carved out hollow. So like the idea of returning, I could totally see that as being something that maybe was birthed in Fijla and made its way over to the main shore and was sort of like adopted by other races or other cultures. Sure. Yeah. All right, well, I think, I mean, honestly, unless there's any other ribbons you want to tie, I feel like that kind of wrapped that up nicely at the end there. Yeah, I'm just glad we got the the daddy cracking involved. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration into the lands of Sadar and the realms beyond and perhaps found some good material to add to your own stories. You can reach us at the Lore Keepers on Twitter. Email us at lorekeeperspodcast at gmail.com that is lorekeeperspodcast at gmail.com thank you for your very good enunciation it's a great place to send us questions or things that you'd like us to talk about in future episodes um you can follow us on itunes stitchel stitchel 
Also, Stitcher, Google Play, um, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, which now includes Podbean and SoundCloud. What is which, a Podbean? It's a, it's just another hosting service. We're not actually loading them proper on there, but if you subscribe to us via those feeds, those RSSs will redirect to our feed, which means you'll get every new episode. And that includes SoundCloud, too, now. But also, of course, Spotify and Google Podcasts. If you like us, give us a five-star rating, which helps out. Um, or even better, and helps out a lot more, spread the word. Uh, tell others about us. Tell your tell Kraken your priests. Yeah, tell tell Father Kraken. Tell Kraken priests. Um, tell your extremely old friends, and also the friends who live extremely short lives. Make sure to tell your friends before they walk themselves into the ocean. Yeah, before they uh, return to mother atlantic or pacific <laughs> or wherever else you may live like wherever the closest ocean is thanks to josh silker for his composition of land of heroes the lord keepers theme and thanks to you all for listening until next time don't forget there are always more tales to tell thanks everybody see ya bye